This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Before we speak about France and their performance against Italy yesterday, we're going to hear first from Man of the Match in Cardiff. This is Brian O'Driscoll speaking to the media after the win over Wales. Yeah, it's a great day. It's a good start for us uh, in this Six Nations. Um, as I said, we stopped the rod of, of three previous defeats and now um, puts us in a good place. Um, you know, having England at home next week, no more. The 70th minute, we look up to the big screen and Brandon Driscoll's announced as man of the match. I'm sure you weren't looking up at the screen at that stage, but it must be nice to see yourself proven again at the top of the game in 2013 when you've been out so long injured. Who doesn't like man of the match? You know, it's... Um, they're few and far, far between these days, but when they're there, um, you know, whoever it was, Philip Matthews, I'll buy him a point later on. Is that classic Brian Driscoll in the build-up to that first, first try? I'm not going to say it's classic Brian Driscoll. I just saw, you know, I, you know, it was a set play and we just tweaked it a little bit because, you know, the option that we usually take wasn't on uh, and it was on on the outside and, you know, Zeeves had to run a great line. He had to trust that I was getting through the gap and putting the ball there and, um, you know, he's got... Uh, he's got a striker's uh, potency. He just likes to finish tries, and um, you know you could just see his skill level. You know, with the second try, <laughs> it was a joke. You know, keeping the ball up with his foot. It's just, it's uh, it's nice to watch. Nice having those guys on your team like, you, rather you than playing him, against them. You see them do anything like that? He's a very skillful guy. You can clearly tell he's he's you know a skillful guy at training. He's got you know little tricks, and you know, he's good with the soccer ball. But um, yeah. You, who, um, he's a guy that's very confident playing with a lot of confidence at the moment and you have to be when you're in your first Six Nations game and you're trying things like that and pulling them off. What about you, O'Brien? You look as though you, you know, you're playing as well as ever. You know, people say, well, you might have lost a bit of half a yard here and I think a big thing is about big thing is about trying to be fit and to get close to as close to 100% fit. You know, taking the pitch as you possibly can. Felt good today. Um, ankles both felt good, uh, and all the other knocks and bumps and bruises felt good. So um, if you can, you know, start games that way. Uh, you have every chance of, of putting in a half decent performance and today a few things ran for me and managed to get across the try line but um, it doesn't matter for anything if we didn't win the, win the game we won that and I'm delighted like everyone else is Will you be, be back here? I've seen Bill has been your last show That's two years time Janie let's not worry about two years Just what you needed before the England game next week Pardon? Just what you needed before the England game next week This championship's about momentum you lose the first it's, you're in trouble you win the first you're in a good spot so we just have to build on that and you know the understanding of when we did manage to win the slam in 09 is even when you're not great you have to be good and uh, consistency is going to be the key for, for this uh, championship Do you feel right. more able to concentrate on your own game now that captain has been passed on? I don't think it's, it makes any difference I still see myself as a leader within the team and helping Jamie out where I can and don't think you, you play any differently um, you know, whether you've got the, the captaincy or not just go out and, and try and play as best you can and um, and lead by the way you play. Okay, that's a great thing. Thanks, Scott. A couple of points about that. Firstly, poor old Liam who texted in earlier on. Uh, crushing news for you, Liam. Looks like the nickname Zeebs is here to stay mm. if both captain well, and previous Zeeb captain. No, they both went for Zeebs. Zeebs okay. Definitely did. And the question he was asked there, was that classic Brian O'Driscoll? Mm. Mm. Well, you often come out of interviews and you say that was that interview was actually classic on McDevitt. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe Brian would just wasn't. I'd like quite him to start. To, yeah, I would like him to start just dropping that in unprompted now into interviews. Mm. 
Uh, how did you do such a performance? Say, oh, it's classic. It was just vintage. Bri- uh, Textbook Bri- Brian O'Driscoll. Brian O'Driscoll I'd rolled say. back the years today, <laughs> rediscovered that yard of pace, etc. We are going to be interviewing Brian O'Driscoll on, to, on the show tomorrow night. And he so, will be referring to himself yeah. in the third person throughout. Right now, former Irish international and uh, now Grenoble defence coach Bernard Jackman joins us with Henri Brew of L'Equipe to talk about the French side of the uh, defeat to Italy, guys. Incredibly poor performance all round by France, really. Just before we get to that, Bernard on O'Driscoll there he never joined a French club in the end despite flirting with the idea on at least one occasion how is he viewed over there in respect of matches that he produces like he did at Cardiff over the weekend would they have the same sort of respect for him as the rest of the rugby world does yeah absolutely I think uh, you know generally French French clubs and uh, when they want a big star they tend to go to the Southern Hemisphere and recruit a a Springbok um, you know, a Wallaby or an All Black, um, and then obviously the next gen, the next level down, the Argentinians. You know, were, were kind of uh, holding up French rugby for a long time, but uh, you know, Brian Driscoll being the in the top category of of any of those uh, world class players who come to France, and I mean, it's the question I get asked the most um, when people say, "When I say I played for Leinster, was oh, what's Brian Driscoll like?" And um, just the fact that he's done it for such a long period of time and he keeps bouncing back for more, and Saturday's performance was just a Another outstanding display, and certainly everyone today was uh, at training was, was talking about it, and, and just they kind of thought. I think they thought because he hadn't he'd been injured and didn't play in November that maybe he was he was finishing up, whatever. And then just uh, because a lot of them don't watch Rebel, Rebel uh, direct games, uh, even some of them don't watch a lot of Heineken Cup, and uh, but just Six Nations obviously is a different level, and uh, um, yeah, they're just saying how incredible he is, and you know how they can't wait to see him playing the Lions in in, uh, in the summer. The French team could have done with a player or two like that standing out for them. It was a bit of a mess, really. But Bernard, are they getting fairly, uh, fairly slated in the media there? Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, uh, Roman disaster episode two because obviously they, they lost two years ago in Rome. But um, uh, the thing was, was, I mean, that was under Lieberman. Uh, this was under San Andre, and uh, while they had a poor Six Nations last year, and he finished in fourth, um, beating Argentina in June away, and then. Uh, a very, a very good November series. Um, people generally thought that San Andre had found the the key to this this French team, and um, it was ironic before the game he spoke about, you know, his objective is to build consistency, but he also said, "But we're French, so you never know." And uh, I mean, the performance, uh, like, it was pretty embarrassing considering the quality of players that uh, are in that French squad and are in the French team that played and. Uh, the work rate, their intensity, um, you know, was left a lot to be desired. And big question marks over, over, I suppose, San Andre's ability to to get the best out of him. And uh, I know he's he's not overly well liked here in, in terms of the, they think he's very Anglo-Saxonized in, in terms of his preparation, in terms of his game plan. And um, you know, he can't afford results like that. I don't I think he's going to get sacked or anything, but just you know, he he needs he needs big results to get people on the side um, is certainly the pressure I get down here Yeah the work rate and commitment aspect to it is what struck a lot of us watching Henri Brew is also on the line Henri uh, Shane Horgan in television commentary was making the point that he doesn't feel that France would have the same respect for Italy as they would have for the other Six Nations teams and that's not the kind of thing you can actually change around you can't change a mindset like that around midway through a game would, would there be an element of truth to that do you think? 
Well, I'm not too sure about that because, um, well, uh, you know, uh, they were beaten two years ago in uh, in Rome, and they know quite well the Italian players. Um, some of them have played in France or still play in France. But I think that um, it was quite strange to see the um, the French player like uh, mentally uh, not ready uh, but uh, it was not uh, due to uh, if they had played against Scotland or Ireland I suppose it uh, would have been the same they were not mentally re- ready to to go and uh, to have the go for what they had in the first two games um, uh, in this autumn but you should remember also that uh, the third game of the autumn was against Samoa and uh, Samoa nearly beat France in Paris and it was uh, nearly the same kind of game that we had the uh, uh, yesterday in Roma. Do you have any idea, Henri, if it wasn't just down to the fact that they were playing Italy, why do you think it was then that they didn't have the correct mental attitude? Well, if you look at um, uh, the backbone of the, this French team, they have, um, they have a lot of rugby to play and they have played already a lot of rugby. And I don't talk about the physical condition or whatever. If you look at uh, the Heineken Cup for uh, some of them uh, at uh, uh, the sweetest in autumn plus the top 14, you know, it's, um, I do believe that rugby is more and more like um, it's like a boxing contest. You cannot box, uh, make a boxing contest every week. And uh, at one stage, if you are a bit off guard and if you are not concentrated enough, if you are not uh, just uh, on the edge, you lose. And that's what happened to, to the French because technically they are not strong enough to control everything. Would you go along with that, Bernard? Just technically, that, that there's a bit of an issue there. I don't think Son Andre helped helped the team. To be honest, uh, uh, I think that he gave them a lot of excuses over the last two weeks. And uh, you know, in terms of obviously top fourteen action the previous weekend, uh, the amount of games being played, the foreign players in France, um, the fact that we have three away games this series, uh, obviously Rome, London, Dublin, how hard it's going to be. Um, and I just think that. As, as the, at the forefront of that, you need, he needs to be more demanding. You know, even saying, you know, we hope to be consistent, but you never know with the French. I mean, you can't give these guys an excuse. And I think that he'll look back and say, OK, maybe he should be more forceful this week. should have forgot about the negatives they have going into the squad and concentrate on the fact that... I, I believe that for, the 30-man squad is the strongest in the, in the competition. Uh, obviously, they didn't play to that level on, uh, on, on, on Sunday against the Italians. But... Um, I just, obviously, this, you can criticise the technique. It wasn't good against against uh, against Italy, but I, I felt the main problem was their uh, intense uh, intensity and work rate, and um, that's an area. I just I expect them to bounce back. You know, to bounce back this weekend against Wales, but um, they've given themselves a hammer blow in terms of their ability to win the championship by losing first time out. Henri, they turned things around at the last World Cup and very nearly won the entire thing. Uh, are you expecting something similar this time around? Will they turn things around and how how will they go about doing that? Well, obviously the Welsh game will, will be an important one because uh, uh, either you, you start really your campaign and then you can see. Uh, but... Um, um, World Cup and Six Nations are quite different uh, competition. Uh, the, the kind of uh, the World Cup, if you lose, well, <laughs> the French lose, lost two games in the pools. But uh, when it's uh, sudden death rugby, if you lose, you you are out. And um, the French love these kind of games. And that's why they have been good in the in the World Cups. They love the quarterfinals. They love the semi-final because it's part of also of the culture of French rugby. I'm not too sure if uh, things go not so well against Wales that they. Can 
can um, they can um, uh, rebound and they can uh, have a good six nation. When it's gone, it's gone. Okay, Henri, thanks very much, Henri Brew there of Le Keep and Bernard Jackman just on the French. I know we didn't dwell much there on the glory for Italy. We'll do a little bit of that hopefully in uh, our rugby slot after eight o'clock. Alright, loads to talk about. We have got Shane Horgan, Emma Byrne and Keith Wood to do the talking. Before we get cracking on this though, it probably is worth reminding uh, what uh, Shane and Keith had to say last Wednesday when we asked for predictions of the Ireland-Wales match. I do fancy uh, France for the Championship and I fancy Wales this weekend, unfortunately. Okay, yeah, and Keith. <laughs> I think France for the Championship, that's a full house from everybody there and I think Ireland to win by 7-10. to 10. Seven to ten, man. So, well, seven, <coughs> to, seven to ten is pretty broad, don't you think? I mean, you're just picking two numbers at random there, effectively. I mean, we're going to need a bit, need to be a bit more specific than that in future, I think. Really, Keith, I'll try Keith. my I'll try my best, uh, Murph. To be honest, but uh, yeah, France. I um, France were horrible yesterday, and Italy were just magic. I have to t- I have to tell you, lads, that ground, that stadium. I'd never th- been there before. The atmosphere in there was absolutely electric. It holds about seventy-five thousand people. There were sixty thousand there, which is, um, which is a huge gate for a game in in Italy. And the reaction of everybody, the tears streaming down the face of the four hundred guys who'd been given their Italian caps, you know, back over sixty, seventy, eighty years, they were still alive, all crying at the anthem. And the reaction was just incredible. And to see a try scored, from from a kickoff and it took five minutes to score everybody was knackered after five <laughs> minutes even the commentators were it was absolutely incredible yeah it looked a brilliant great. weekend it yeah. looked great on TV I can only imagine just being over there I'm sure it was a huge thrill uh, in fact the, the weekend in general Shane is probably worth pointing out and a lot of listeners have been saying oh, you're maybe hyping up the Six Nations too much of course we were talking about it in positive terms last week and there are bad matches There sometimes there's some stodgy rugby played but were you pretty impressed by the overall standard this weekend? Yeah, I was. Uh, I really was. It was just brilliant. It was a brilliant uh, weekend of rugby, and thanks for the ambush on the way into the interview as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, I did say last week, I just don't have a clue about the Six Nations. It's unpredictable, and you know what? I'm in no better position to predict the scores this week because um, it's there's so many, there's so many variables, um, and there's so many, there's so much potential for upset, and the Six Nations is year after year like that. Um, I didn't expect Wales to perform like that in the first half. I didn't expect them to perform like that in the second half. Um, Ireland were fa- just fantastic. As good as I've seen Ireland backs play in the first half, I thought they were so clinical. They were so incisive. I thought their decoy ro- uh, lines and their decoy runners and their animation was fantastic. Um, England were very impressive as well. Scotland were woeful. Um, Italy were brilliant. France were even, wor- were even worse than Scotland. You know, it was just a brilliant weekend of rugby. Let's just focus on Ireland for the time being, Emmett. Where did all that confidence come from that allowed the backs, in particular the team in general, to put in that sort of a performance? 
Well, I think you're as good as the last game you played, and certainly would have, they would have taken the positives from the match they played against Argentina. You got to remember there was a couple of changes made prior to that game, some enforced, some not so, not not enforced, but uh, nonetheless it added a fresh freshness to the team. There was a lot of question marks over them, and they went in against you know a highly ranked team and performed really well. And I think they offered that offered continuity from that point of view. The fact, uh, uh, obviously, the start they got as well. I mean, it helped that Wales really were indecisive in the early parts, and then things broke for them. They got the little bits of green that they needed. Now this. Is not taken away you have to be in a position to take those bits of green and one being say let's just say the 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 the, the fall of the ball after after Rory Best uh, blocked it down that just worked out really really well although it took a lot of skill and, and, and insight to get the pass to Jamie I thought you know had the ball gone anywhere else that was going to be a different outcome and the same way with the way Wales defended in the early parts like, I mean Ireland put them under a lot of pressure but you would have expected them maybe to be a bit a bit more organised not so shell-shocked and then Brian just being Brian uh, exposed them at the start they never recovered from that certainly in the first half second half they started like kind of obviously relaxing a bit more and getting their game going but uh, but that Irish team don't know anything less than going forward at this moment in time uh, and I think that's the reason they played with such confidence going into this game A certain amount of vindication of the team selection by Declan Kidney do you think Keith? Um, well, I do think so. Once you pick those two wingers, you have to give them the ball. There's no point picking them and not playing an expansive game or not having a, not having roles for those two players. And the interesting thing for Craig Gilroy in a lot of cases is he'll pop up all over the place because he wants the ball. Um, I think it puts a better balance on the team. I think they looked very confident. I would agree with a couple of the comments that came in there just after the news mm. that it's total hype. And I do, I have to admit, I'm looking at the the newspapers today and they're just saying, you know, only four more to go. And I'm saying, oh my God, how how can you go from one victory to Grand Slam without a, a heartbeat almost? And we should be excited for the performance, but I would, I wish we'd be a damn sight more circumspect in how we deal with what's going to happen at the weekend. I, I don't think England got out of third gear and had to get out of third gear at the, at the weekend. Um, I'd be very, very wary of this one. And just to co- or say something that Shane said, mm. um, I was certain, with, with the greatest of certainty, that France would win yesterday. I had absolutely no doubt until I got to the ground and until I started chatting to some of the French guys, and I like it's, it, there was a sense of mental frailty there. I I just the players, just, the, the French players, was it? Yeah, I yeah. just I could not. I actually had not expected in any way, shape, or form. I spoke to Thomas Castagnetti. He said he'd been with the French team on the previous day, and they were really nervous, and they were afraid of the life of letting themselves down, and they just think that this could be the big banana skin. And every every line he gave, every comment he gave, was all about doubt, self-doubt, negativity. And by the time it got to it, I, like I said it in, in commentary, I said, I just think it'll be a lot closer. No, I, there was no way I could have said that until I'd been to the ground. And it's amazing how the fluctuations happen in the few days up up until it and whether there's a balance and how things have trained or or how the leaders are standing up or whatever you know it's it's what makes it a great great competition and you know the six nations is often rubbish it rains and the ball gets knocked on and it gets a bit messy and the pressure becomes too much we just were given a liberation of a weekend yeah Shane just on O'Driscoll's performance which everybody has been lauding of course and we've been talking about how great it is that you've consistently said on this programme that 
people have a habit maybe of just because a guy gets to a certain age assuming that he can't do it anymore now Driscoll showed that he clearly can he was asked about the idea that he might be extra motivated having lost the captaincy in fact that was really put to kidney whether that provoked this kind of a reaction and knowing O'Driscoll would that be the case do you think? I don't know he's got very high standards about his own game and I, he's never really lacking for motivation especially when he plays for Ireland so if there was a little bit of a residual uh, gripe against uh, kidney, you know, I don't know how much is it, how much is it really going to come into play. I don't think that um, it's going to make it's going to have a huge impact on the way he plays the game because um, he just is so committed every time he puts on the on the jersey for Ireland, and, and he's a very high standard uh, that he imposes on himself. Um, so I, I don't think it's a huge issue the body uh, the, the sort of defence that himself and the other players had to put in that body on the line kind of stuff that they alluded to afterwards Shane is that enjoyable when you're in the midst of all that to to have a, to put together a rear guard action like that it is yeah I remember you'd, I'd really like you'd like those games when you nearly fall off the pitch there's a sort of sadistic uh, delight in, in having your body you know wrecked after after a huge international game and that's I suppose it gives you an extra feeling of euphoria when you're finished because you have literally expended every ounce of energy, and uh, it, it, it's weird the feeling in the training room afterwards. You just it, it's complete. Um, you're completely exhausted, but you know that you left everything on the pitch and that you're you deserved any reward you got. So it's sort of I said it's sort of a sadistic feeling um, that you get from from being involved in a game that has that uh, that level of, of physical contact and. You know, I think they're going to be in for a huge physical. Um, uh, they're going to be needing a new huge physical performance next uh, week again against uh, against England because they are they're really a, a quite a, a physical pack, a, a one dimensional pack um, with regard to to the way they 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 carry the ball. And I think they might be a bit more of a challenge in the back line from from England, especially if they play twelve trees, because I think. In the, uh, Wales have been used to being so dominant in that backline. They've been such physical. They've been such a uh, physical team, and they've been dominating teams physically that they hadn't the subtlety, uh, or they didn't use the subtlety as much as they might. So there's very often guys are making straight up tackles, and I think if you were to be a little bit dispassionate about the performance, uh, probably the Ireland Irish backline out wide hasn't been really tested about uh, on a decision making ability. It just on, yeah, and just on the f- physical element of that, Emmett, the eight-day turnaround is something that has been mentioned as something that could offset any issues there. It was a tough physical game. They made a lot of tackles, and they've got a big English side to come next week. Will the eight days, that extra day, just give enough of a buffer, do you think? Um, this That's the big question. I always say those types of games, I mean, Ireland put in 160-odd-plus tackles there uh, in that match, which certainly would have taken a lot out of them. And, and the level they have to take themselves to takes more than a week to recover. And an extra day, I'm not sure that'll be the difference, to be quite frank. I mean, obviously England played as well, but, but as already mentioned there, they didn't get out of, out, of, out of third gear to win that match against Scotland. So that's going to definitely, I'd say, factor at some stage. And the recovery curve, you know, whether they can make it in time is one thing, but it's certainly England have less to go, if you know what I mean. They have more road to run in terms of uh, recovery. So um, that is going to be one of the big factors, I think, come this weekend. And, and people say, what about the preparation going into this match? I mean, you have to defend against the thing. The good news in one sense of playing England is that you know what they're going to do. I mean, they're they're not a hugely creative team. They bash you physically, and that's the thing. And if you can match that physicality, you have a chance of winning it. 
problem is you do have to have to match it and you have to have plans in place for the likelihood of the, t- of the scrum being under pressure you have to have plans in place from all defence and then of course the, the big thing being the break breakdown accuracy that's very very important Yeah Keith interesting yeah. to hear Shane there saying that he got a great buzz out of those sort of matches where you're coming off and your body's been pulverised did you get the same kind of positive vibes positive feelings after matches like that? There's, there's one difference um, the difference just is you win and mm. if you win those that pain is beautiful, you know, it is genuinely beautiful. You lose it and it's just miserable. You know, there's there's a fine line definitely between those. But there is, I think we made it a little bit hard for ourselves in the second half. I think we became a little bit more conservative. Um, I think we kicked, and there's nothing wrong in kicking, but we kicked a little bit loosely and it put us under a bit of pressure. And we ended up making tackles in areas where we wouldn't like to have to make too many and our discipline let us down in a bit and we ended up playing half the second half with um, with only 14 men and that makes it very difficult um, I would disagree um, to the point that they'd be able to get beyond for the week that eight day that extra day makes a colossal difference and um, I think it will be tough for us but I think we are properly battle hardened and it means continuing to play at that same level of pace and intensity against England because it would be needed. England are incredibly structured. Um, they do do an awful lot just um, eking one way or the other. They, it's a kind of 60-40 plan. It's a rugby league style of play actually from um, from Farrell, uh, the coach um, and they're just they're going to a point and then they go back again and they go back again but they don't have their players running too far they can serve an awful lot of energy they just do things well and simply and we need to make certain that we're fully focused in defence and that the hit is hard enough to put them under pressure Shane is the extra day enough for you do you think does it make a big difference? I think it makes a big difference actually I disagree with, with Woody just in terms of freshness um, in terms of uh, a uh, latent fatigue that 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 was set in there, and and I think their their minds would be sharp. But I I think that that was such a horrific game of rugby uh, from a physical uh, perspective that it, it will take a toll. And and from that point of view, it, Ireland are going to have to even play better, and they're going to have to be more precise uh, because and they're going to have to have more possession. I, I really uh, I really think that they're going to have have to have more possession. It can't be. It can't be like a, a. They can't keep up sixty-five percent of possession or, or more. Otherwise, I think they'll find it very difficult to win the game. I thought they were, they they were so precise with the ball that they had in that first half. Um, that's really that's really what won them the game. And and you could see, you know, Johnny Sexton's fingerprints all over the attack. You could see Brian O'Driscoll's, Ron O'Gara's, and and Mervyn Murphy's the video analysis um, fingerprints all over the way. Um, they attacked, and I think there was one time in particular where they had a, a break off, um, off. I think it was a rook or, or, or a mall, and um, you know nine, nine broke. Um, there was three decoy runners. There was, there was Darcy Zebo and Best all run decoy lines. Went to uh, Sexton, and then then uh, uh, Sexton to to Dedrico who pulled past a little bit inside shoulder and Rob who was a little bit far away. Otherwise, they would have had another try. And I think. That level of accuracy and that level of, of commitment to, to perform the right move in the right place will have to be demonstrated again at the weekend against England because I think you can break England down. I really do. I think that they're, although they're a well-structured team, I think if you run in the correct lines, they can break them down. But I don't think Ireland can win an arm wrestle against them. All right, you are listening to Shane Horgan, Keith Wood, and Emma Byrne just looking back, almost looking forward already actually to the game next Sunday, which is freighted with a hell of a lot of significance now. We are going to take a quick break, but you can keep the text coming in. We'll get to some of them next. 53106.
Off the ball. Getting inside the game. On News Talk 106 to 108. Some pretty impressive stuff from some of the young Dublin footballers over the weekend. That was among the highlights of the opening weekend of the Allianz Football League. We'll talk to David Brady and Conor Deegan about some of that in just a little while. We're talking rugby right now, though, and a lot of texts coming into us on 53106. Shane Horgan, Emma Byrne, Keith Wood are our guests. Jim and Wicklow says, lads, the game I saw was Wales asleep in the first half, handing a half to us, but when they woke up, it was all we could do to stay in it, says Jim. We still, we still won that. That's the bottom line. We scored more points in the first half than they did in the second. I'd be, you know, obviously you can argue those points. Wales weren't great, and they made some unforced errors that kind of took the, the pressure off Ireland at key points. But Ireland reacted like you'd expect them to, having having got the build up, the lead. They fought so hard in defence that it was two occasions in the first half when Wales were battering on the line and they got turnovers, and that was that. That's the winning of the game, really. You know, the second half was about running down the clock when Wales had possession. But I, I mean, it is frightening. Sorry, Shane. Yeah, ahead. Shane. I think if, I think one team performs well. You've always got you've got potential to say, well, the other team is asleep. You know, I thought um, I, I've seen teams that have been asleep and other teams that haven't performed, or then teams have performed well against a team that has defended well. And I, I think Ireland were very good in what they did in that first half. I thought their accuracy was just incredible, and I thought they were as good um, as I'd seen uh, I'd seen seen um, them p- perform attacking wise. What were they doing? The Shane? They, what, what, what were they doing specifically? Well, well, the other was... thing that I tell you, the other thing I think that was really demonstrated by. Uh, Jonathan Davies, who's a, who's a good player, a good defender, and he was he you could see he was tormented out there. He was actually afraid of his life, and he started making. And this is what happens when you when you uh, start making players uh, make decisions, and they make a couple of wrong decisions. Then they start looking after their own back, and they think I'm going to hit somebody here. And that's what he was doing. He was looking to hit anyone that, that had the ball, and the problem was he was breaking the defensive line, and he was leaving gaps everywhere. And he was terrorized by the lines of running. From from Rob Carney, from Brian O'Driscoll, from uh, from uh, from uh, from Bestie as well. Uh, like I haven't seen a hooker run so many uh, decoy lines in a very long time. And you know he was holding players and he was making the the Welsh. Uh, they were putting the Welsh in a very difficult position to make decisions defensively. And that's what you mm-hmm. don't want to do. You don't want to have to make decisions in your, in your defensive system. You just want to play the normal defensive system, take the man in front of you, or slide off one and tackle him into touch. Now. Ireland were forcing Wales to make decisions every time that they uh, attacked in that first half. Keith, did Wales look a bit like a team that don't have a full-time head coach at the moment? Oh God, I think it's really awkward on Rob Holy. You know, to be an interim coach when you're Grand Slam champions and then lose every game. Um, he looks like a, he's got a haunted look on his face, you know, and I just think he's under huge pressure. I thought Wales looked low on confidence and... Do you know, and this is interesting to the text that came in, if Ireland had started conservatively, if Ireland had started without keeping enough depth on some of those lines and some of those um, decoy lines that Shane was talking about, if we'd rushed that, if we'd been a bit flatter, if we hadn't been as clinical, I think Wales would have got back into that game very, very quickly because they are a quality side. They're a quality side who were Grand Slam champions and I think 12 of the 15 won the Grand Slam last year. Um, they just have be- had a dip in confidence, and that's why Ireland's start was incredible. And I loved the clinical nature. There was a couple of opportunities missed, but only a couple in the whole game. 
Um, our, our defensive display was fantastic and even though Wales scored three tries one of them really was only a defensive mistake the rest was just numbers on the outside Yeah I'm interested um, just on the Welsh coaching situation there Keith because I would imagine there aren't that many teams in world sport that you can take a sabbatical from I understand the importance of the Lions but uh, is it really the rugby union's job in Wales to say look you can go on the Lions tour but we, we then have to appoint a new full-time coach you're actually finished with Wales at this point is there just too much uncertainty there at the moment? Well, I think there obviously is, and um, they're looking at Rob Howley, and you know, I talked to a chunk of the Welsh players uh, over over the last few days, and they look at Howley, and they know that he's not going to be the coach, mm. and it just gives that little bit of uncertainty there, and you just need certainty at this stage. Yeah, but uh, but what yeah. do you think? You know, does it make a huge difference? Are you playing for your coach? You know, I was going. I think I think more importantly, I think are some of the guys that are missing in key areas, especially. They've they've been driven by their second row over the over the, over any success they've had last in the last while and uh, you know that coupled with a couple of their backs that aren't performing as well as they were last year and the lack of momentum I think that's got more to play I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't have a have a have a role I'm sure I it just does. I just I just think they look they look uncertain and and a whole tracks of the game um, the manner of their passing was laboured. You know, you know, yeah, and you know. But is that from a head coach, a head in No, it, coach, I that, no, I, no, I'm not, I'm not sure. But it, my my query on it is, um, you know, when your head is right, and you know that uh, a lot of things go well for you when your head is right. And Ireland's heads were patently right on Saturday. Wales weren't. No, we don't know why, but we, you can surmise that it may have something to do with that because they looked unbelievably uncertain. They looked unbelievably unhappy and if you look at the body language of Mike Phillips for the whole game of Cuthbert for the whole game and as you mentioned Jonathan Davis for the whole game who's a class act and they just looked well off the mark and it's whether they're doubting themselves or they're doubting what they're doing or what it is that but they're at a place which isn't a very good place and they only reacted to the second half I think think a stronger indicator of that would be you know the way they're actually playing within their Within their uh, their club teams, you know, they and did that last like, year. They played badly yeah. last year. Their club teams, yeah, not as badly time. though. Not as badly. Like you know, Warburton wasn't playing anywhere near the way he was playing. Mike Phillips is having a shocker in France this year. You know, George North hasn't fired for for Canetley. Jamie Roberts hasn't done anything for Cardiff. Yeah, Jonathan Davies has played well, but uh, Alec Cupboard hasn't even been playing particularly well. So I think that's a stronger indicator than maybe losing a head coach. Um, I'm not saying that it's not an issue, but you know, I think that they're stronger indicators as to why they're not, not yeah. playing. And I think probably beforehand we were like, because Wales played so well last year, off the back of something similar, you know, we didn't give as much credence as we probably should have. Just want to bring Emmett back in here. Yeah, no, it's just, fundamentally, it's it's a, it's a coach's responsibility to bring it all together. It can't be for, you know, the players to be on it. If a player misses a tackle because he's not motivated, it isn't necessarily a coach's fault. It can be, it can be other reasons. But certainly, I think timing is the key factor here where our, Wales had a period of success. I mean, they'll argue that their World Cup, despite the loss to France, was a success. They'll argue, obviously, they won the Grand Slam. And then it's a key... Compo- a key area then is to keep those guys motivated after that level of success and Rob Howley comes in with very little experience as a head coach into those into that environment to motivate those players and keep them desire keep the desire there now you throw in the the the, the 
uh, the dynamics that the guys are talking about with the clubs and the regions and so on and so forth is a distracting factor and and then the slack form in the, in the autumn internationals and then you culminate it in he doesn't have the experience to deal with the situation that's right in front of him so you could argue yeah it, it's kind of his fault but then you can't expect him to come to this you know obviously to to handle that situation either given the given the exposure he has at the, at the yeah head job. I mean I don't know I would say that that's the decision of the Welsh Rugby Union though really they have to they have well to their make hands the are tied there. like Gatlin they wanted Gatlin badly it was a blank check in front of him mm. and part of that deal was that he got the line thing, and that's, lines, and that's yeah. the unfortunate thing for uh, Jamie and me though can you ask the lads if the coach should make any changes to the England match not sure you can drop anyone after a performance like that what do you reckon Shane? Yeah I don't think there's any uh, any necessity to I think um, you know I had I would have picked um, beforehand I would have picked uh, Chris Henry uh, at open side and I would have had Shoney on the blind side um, uh, just because that's my, my personal preference I think uh, on form uh, Chris Henry has been playing unbelievably well and I, I prefer Shoney in the role at, at 6 to carry the ball but he couldn't carry much more ball than he did at 7 and I thought Piro Mahoney was phenomenal he was phenomenal he just had, had an amazing aggression and uh, he had controlled aggression as well in defence he just looked a really smart uh, smart player um, I think the two guys in the wing um, they, they did really well for themselves and you know there's not a huge push coming uh, from anyone really and uh, so I think you know you're, you're going to go in with the injury decide you're going to go in with the same team I, w- I have to say I would have liked to have um, Ian Henderson on the bench I just think he's a phenomenal player I think he, he gives you um, options as well he can play uh, at six probably at eight but he can play in the second row and I think he's a, he's a phenomenal player I'd like to see him in the squad um, already I have to say Yeah Ray texted to say Owen will you ask Woody if Italy can win more than one match in this tournament I think they have a great chance of backing it up next week and beating Scotland and Murrayfield. Um, I, ha- I have to say there's very few teams could have dealt with the manner in which they played. And I know France were poor, but in a lot of cases, France were poor because of the quality of the defence. And some of the play, Jack Burnell, and you know we talked about the way England play. Italy now play with their front five forwards in the middle of the field and before where they used to get tired in the last 20 minutes they're not so much because he doesn't want them running anywhere apart from within 15 metres of the centre line of the field that's all he wants for them and he brings it back into them all the time he's getting the most out of them Castor Giovanni was absolutely phenomenal um, Parisa gave um, uh, just a genuine master class I, I think he's the best number eight in the world I thought he was phenomenal um, or Kara, who is a journeyman, poor player, absolutely exposed the um, defensive frailties of the French front five um, at every available opportunity. Um, I thought they played incredibly, incredibly well. I think they could take another couple of scalps, which would be phenomenal for yeah. them. They've set themselves a target they... of two this year, but I, they could thought... go two or three. Sorry, Woody, I thought it was really interesting the contrast between the two defensive systems between um, Italy and, and France. And um, Italy were building on something that they actually implemented, Brunel had implemented last year, where they had been re- always been in discipline, but their they're defensive system is incredibly disciplined at the moment. They used to overcommit to Rook. They don't now. You notice that they only put one um, tackler plus one or just tackler sometimes in rook spread out and it gives them a, a lot of um, people in their first up defensive line they also when they are making tackles they run the blocking uh, 
the channels as well so their French players couldn't get the offload so they looked really strong in defence and really well organised and they were very hungry to get in position whereas France on the other hand they were lazy they weren't getting into position uh, early enough they, when they were getting into position they were taking the first few yards yes but they actually were taking space only they weren't taking the man and very often they were exposed to that and also there was a dog leg the first three or four players were up very hard and then they went very soft after that so if you move the ball outside 10, you actually had a lot of yards to gain. And so it was a fundamental um, system failure on the French side, whereas the Italian system, and you wouldn't normally say this, was fantastic. Yeah, we're just about out of time, lads, but uh, probably a bit too early to ask for predictions anyway for next Sunday. But are we feeling... No predictions. No, no predictions. predictions. Shane, Shane is, yeah, yeah. Shane's pleading the fifth on this one regardless. <laughs> Emmett, are you, are you feeling confident, I'll just ask, at this stage of the week about Ireland against England? Oh, well, look, England aren't, aren't an unbeatable team. They look great, didn't they? Like, I mean, when, when the pack are dominant like that, the likes of Ben Youngs and Farrell, they're pushing against an open door all day long. You know, you got you got to think of it like that. And they're the type of team that will really just try to drag you out to deep water and drown you in, in terms of sheer physicality. So I, I just feel that uh, if Ireland can put pressure on the two half, it's still a young team. Rob Shaw isn't used to making tough decisions and making, a, you know, that can change the course of a game. They need to put in decision into this English time, meet, meet, into this English team. But first and foremost, if they get the recovery factor right and they compete to some level what they did last week, they're able to shout, but they are up against it on. All right, we are just out of time, lads. Great stuff, though. Emma Byrne, thanks very much to Shane Horgan and to Keith Wood on that. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.